and I, and I see this all the time and there's a, there's too much talented people who end up settling just and it's just because they they needed food or electricity or those kind of stuff so they're now stuck in the job that they really dislike and I mean when I speak even even to like my own family members people with my mom would often say she so much wanted to be like a social worker growing up man but they didn't have the means or whatever she couldn't go study further all that kind of stuff they had to do what they needed to do so how do we how do we have less people saying that 20 years from now hey welcome to this week's episode of breaking out i'm your host chadid lazar ever wondered what it takes to step outside of a traditional job or career and chase your dreams well this is the podcast for you each week i interview inspiring guests who've done something unconventional and created an interesting novel or unusual career for themselves So this podcast is all about breaking out of the walls that are boxing us in in our lives or careers and it shouldn't be surprising that the most obvious wall that many people face is circumstance. Growing up in an environment where unemployment and poverty and crime is all around more often than not will have a very serious limiting effect on one's sense of career prospects. In fact, the very concept of a career is almost difficult to understand when life is a constant struggle to make ends meet. But every now and then you hear an inspiring story of how someone has managed to break out of their circumstances and even more than that is empowering others to do the same. On a super special youth day episode, my guest Alan van der Meulen talks us through his story of growing up on the Cape Flats and how his desire to change his community led him to co-founding Slato as a teenager. Slato is a fintech startup that has designed a platform that uses blockchain tech to incentivize positive behavior amongst youth by rewarding them with digital currency that can be used to buy things like groceries, electricity or airtime. In doing so, Slato is helping reduce unemployment by allowing young people to develop skills and work experience. Alan himself was a finalist in the the Seedstars Startup Awards, um was named the winner of the Google Impact Challenge in 2018. and made it onto the coveted Mail and Guardians 200 young South Africans list in 2020. Slato has received global recognition, is funded by the likes of Google, the Michael and Susan Dahl Foundation, E-Square, JP Morgan and UNICEF, and most recently was featured in Baobab Insights report on 140 fintech companies in South Africa in 2021. Alan, it's so good to have you on the show. Um You've got a really inspiring story and I'm I'm so excited to to hear all about it. But how how are you? I'm good. I'm excited. It's not often that I hear people read to me what the, what Slato has been doing. It's a bit strange, you know, hearing you list those things. But now I'm I'm super excited, man. I'm I'm happy to be on the show. So before we dive into the story, I I just want to spend some time chatting about Slato because I I really think the the business itself and and the platform is genius and I'd like to understand a bit more about it and and what it does. To explain how it works, I first have to explain why it exists. I mean, right. so we looked at like what are the what are the main reasons that are preventing young people from finding work, and we found that it's almost always they don't have the work experience, they don't have the qualifications, or they don't have the money needed to find work. And yeah. often that exists at the same time. So you've got someone that might have been in high school and now they have to drop out because they have to go look for a job because they have to have they have to bring food home, and you can't you can't even charge someone for doing that. How am I supposed to choose education when we don't have anything to eat? It's an unfair choice, and I'm going to yeah. choose food all the time. I just no matter how 
you know, with how clear I am about my future, just circumstance won't allow me. But now let's say someone has qualifications or they or they basically completed like the matric, they still don't have work experience. So they're in the same situation. And right. then if someone were to, were to end up with like work experience or like matric, um, they still don't have the money to go and find work because people often forget how expensive it is to look for a job. Because I mean, you have to, you know, print out the CV or email it or visit the internet cafe and you have to get dressed for an interview and actually make your way there and have food to eat and be on the internet to research. Completely. I mean, we found that it could be, yeah, exactly. So it could be something like a thousand five hundred rand a month to actively look for a job. And, I, and I'm saying the word actively use. So you're not just sitting at home and I sent out like once even I may or may not have a job. I'm out there every day at every mall at every store spending the month getting a job and you're looking at like what people are operating on household grants and, and minimum wage and that kind of stuff it's too expensive you know i mean who yes. has a thousand five hundred rand to give to someone and you may or may not have a job and you're searching for like the next year you may just stay at home it's cheaper to be unemployed and that's what that's what young people are, are having to deal with but now when you start to look at like a platform like Zlato, suddenly we can incentivize people to stay in school or to stay in university, or we can incentivize people to go and volunteer to gain work experience. I mean, so simple example, if you if you're volunteering at a mechanic, for example, so you're learning you know, how to work on cars, etc. But you're also learning time management, you're learning like communication, you're learning about the project management, you suddenly got all the secondary skills, which can help you make you what can help make you more employable. And then because you've not done that, you are you're now building up you know, your work experience, your, your resume, so to speak. And now you can earn this digital currency called Slato, which can literally now allow you to go and choose where you want to spend it. And I mean, we've, we've carefully chosen the incentives on our platform to be in line with what people's daily needs are. So to be like air time, electricity, and like food and, and clothing and those kind of stuff. I mean, we do often get users going, yeah, but you know, sometimes I want to relax with like a bottle on a Friday evening. And then we're like, yeah, but when you get, when you have a job, you can make those decisions, man. But for now, we're trying to get you into the door and that's not going to help you get a job, you know, honestly, unless you're planning to work at the breweries and I mean, do what you must do. But <laughs> but anyway, so, so now, so now in doing that, you're not able to now purchase things on the platform, right? And then you now, the, the main thing for our users is for them to choose so they can choose what they want to care about, number one. Because if you're working in the, on a platform like Slato, you're working in our communities rather, the people already know what they care about. I'm passionate about sports. I'm passionate about people. I'm passionate about cooking or whatever. So go volunteer in those, you know, in those specific fields. Right. And then just tell us about it afterwards. Because I mean, we notice that the world is pretty much centralized when you want to volunteer. Oh no, you have to go and do this with this specific person at this specific time. Are we telling our users, you can go and do whatever you want and don't even tell us what you're going to do. Just tell us what you've done and provide proof to do that. So users have to submit proof in the form of images and, and they would have to tag their location and give a reference of someone who can validate that they were there. And then that's when we're starting to use like a bit of the blockchain just to verify. Um, so we then have like what they call smart contracts. And then we have this reviewers that then weigh in on the decision. So reviewers will then say, well, then look at the evidence, make a decision and then vote. And then a lot of reviewers have to be in agreement that what you said was true, just so we can avoid a lot of like biases. So sure. you might even have a reviewer that's sitting in like Gauteng, reviewing someone in like Western Cape, plus like um, Western Cape and Gauteng would have to review someone in like Durban, etc. So you, right. it will never be like your friend that's a reviewer. And our reviewers are only the top users on the platform who've been volunteering for like over a year that has been doing all the activities, etc., etc. Um, and once all that gets validated, they receive this lot and they can go and make their purchase. 
And that's what we do in a nutshell. You, you're helping people build up a CV, right? Because there's kind of a, a list of all the things that they volunteered and all the tasks that they've done. And so that, um, yes. it's more than just the work opportunities. It's like the opportunity plus the proof that it's there, that they can use that yes. and then go and apply for, for a job somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at, let's say you've been at home, I'll use lockdown as an example. So now look, a lot of people have been at home and, it, and it's unfortunate that they're in the situation yeah. or they might have lost their jobs, but now you're wanting to go and look for work, make sure they're going to ask you, so what have you done in the year? And your answer is, you know, I was watching Netflix, man. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to hire you. You know what I mean? That's that's nice. We can speak about whatever series you're watching, but it's, it's not going to go down the way you think it's going to go down. But now you've got this lot of user that goes, well, I've been volunteering at the soup kitchen. I've been doing this at this organization. Like, completed a few nano courses on the platform i did a google course and whatever and i was able to you know earn slatter in the time i suddenly have in lockdown like a couple of hundred hours of work experience man i didn't have time to watch netflix see that's a different conversation yeah so you you, you can't even argue with someone like that and like oh you're just saying that no yes validated work you know this this thing had to go through like you don't understand how much reviewers had to verify what i did yes these people that can say this is the organization I was at. Here's the pictures. Here's the location of where I was. Here's the reference. Call these people and let them, let them tell you what I did. Um, and, I, and I also realized that it's difficult in our communities. Look, on the Cape Flats, people, are, people tend not to want to brag about the work that they've done. So everybody's like super humble because that's the yeah. environment, man. If you, yeah. if you speak about what you're doing, uh, you know, I, if you speak about what you're doing, people will say, are oh, you keeping you quiet? I can't think of a different way to phrase that. So say, so, uh, you want to be cool or whatever. And, and that's just, that's just how it is, man. Yeah. But now it's Lato, you can you can post to the right people. So post right. to your employer because they're trying to hire you. And so your, your, your friends don't know what you're doing. They just see you there at the mechanic shop. But now the your employer, you can download with an impact CV and just attach it and send it to wherever you need to send it to. I, I think it makes so much sense. And, and I mean, just you touched on lockdown there. And, and I do want to just spend a couple of minutes talking about it because obviously COVID changed the world. And mm-hmm. Of course, it's affected the poorest of the poor the most. But you and Zlata, you've also been doing some amazing work to help people support themselves. Uh, and I do just want you to tell us a bit, a bit about that. Uh, I think there was the Stay Home, Keep Safe initiative, and, and there was also mm-hmm. the, the Essential Fund project um, yeah. that you guys ran. Yes. Uh, what, was, what, what were those two things about? The, the whole Zlato platform is telling people, you know, go out of your house and volunteer. We get hit with lockdown and suddenly all our users are like, yeah, but we can't leave. We're trying to do this thing. We can't get out of ours. The government, the law is telling us we can't. So that that was a bit crazy. And then we realized that, look, we have access to a lot of young people. I mean, we had at that time about 30,000 users on our platform. Just just when lockdown was starting, maybe just over, maybe 35. And then what we then decided was we have to start to pivot. So we, we, then, we introduced what we call nano courses, which is like this bite-sized learning on the platform where people can do like a very small course, like a, they can read about 10 minute content, ask, answer a few questions, and then be able to purchase a certificate where there's a lot of, and we made it intentional yeah. that they must purchase. So if you don't care about certificates, we're not just gonna send you one and then it gets lost like in your email or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you're consciously going, I'm gonna do this to earn Zlato and I'm going to use my Zlato to buy a certificate because I believe this will help me get a job. So that so that's what we did firstly, to have users rethink rethink how to use Zlato. And I mean, we then we started to realize that because we have access to all these young people, we can now encourage them to make proper decisions because I would always joke that I live in Mitchell's Plain and then I hear rumors of lockdown. I see what they're saying on the news, but I go outside and like, there's no lockdown. <laughs> lockdown's not in our areas, man. There's other, I see the areas where lockdowns is not, is not the way we are. So yeah. that is always the thing. So now it's like, how do we use 
you know, the trust that we've gained with young people to start to encourage them to do the right thing. And we started doing a lot of different kinds of tasks. Like, look, if you just wash your hands, no? just wash your hands and tell us that you've done that and we will give you Zlato. So every day, just wash your hands. If you if you make a mask, we'll, we'll, number one, we'll do a nano course on how to make your own mask with fabric. And then if you do that, you take a photo of the mask and we will give you Zlato for that. You're wearing your mask out in public. We even went so far as to say, if you just, there should be no one in your road. So go and count the number of people that are outside right now and, and let us know so we can send that information to people doing like research and whatever. And it's funny because now people know that the roads must be empty and people would sometimes tell the guys, Chica, I'm trying to take this photo for Zlato, man. Can you just go inside? You know, we don't need to, <laughs> don't need to yeah, try and do this thing. <laughs> so that, so that is like strange. I mean, or, or at least fun, but, but it was just to encourage people to believe what the experts are saying, number one, but take care of yourself. So that was what when we launched all those different kind of tasks. And then we started to do more like, how do you start the side hustle? Because people are now at home. How do you start the side hustle? How do you prep for an interview? And we started adding a lot of those kind of nano courses. And just for reference, I mean, we issued probably like over 700,000 certificates for people having done that course. Um, so when we started to launch the Essentials campaign, that was us speaking to some of our partners. And that's when, as you mentioned, like JP Morgan started to come on board. And they, was, they were looking for a way for, you know, to assist um people in our communities with access to food, electricity, and air time, because those, those are the fundamental needs. People yeah. need the lights on, they need to be connected, and they need to eat. Um, but like distribution is a bit of a problem. As you know, at the time, the government was trying to do, you know, handing out food, parcels, et cetera. But sometimes the trucks, you know, would get robbed and all those kind of stuff. So yeah. I said, with this logistical thing, you have to drive trucks from wherever and distribute. And we have access to a lot of young people. And then what we decided to do was in partnership with, you know, JP Morgan and working with like ShopRite and those kind of people, I mean, Michael and Susan Dow Foundation, E-Squared, UNICEF, people just came together and we were like, look, we're going to now distribute food vouchers and electricity via this Lato platform. And then we then opened up our platform for the first time. So up until this point, we had never just, I mean, I don't know if you, if you try to search for Slato, you can't just find a way to sign up. You just right. find a lot of logins and websites and information. And that was intentional because of our business model. Then we were like, look, it's a pandemic, it's a lockdown, let's open up our platform and then let's see what happens. Then in 11 weeks, we had another 60,000 users join our platform in 11 weeks. So we were on 30,000 and then we just jumped to 90,000 in the span of 11 weeks. Yeah. And then because of that, now we have a lot of users and we were just asking them, look, how are you keeping with lockdown? What's happening with your families? Everything okay? Just asking them those kind of questions through our mm -hmm. platform and, and giving them tips on how do you stay safe? But then we were able to distribute well around like 10 million rand worth of goods. And that's along the lines of you know airtime, electricity, mm -hmm. and then and then food. Because our people, that's all our people wanted. Before that, we were trying to do things like you know, luxury goods and then also like fast food. But we decided, nope, we're just gonna make sure that our people have the necessities. So that was quite a that was quite a, bit, a successful campaign. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and, and I mean, I, I don't want to overplay the significance of, of what you guys are doing, but you weren't just giving people their livelihood back. You, you were actually you were saving people's lives. I mean, I, I don't know if 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 that's clear, but yeah. as I'm hearing you say that, like th there must have been people that were really, really properly saved mm. because of of having access to Zlata. And and I think that's fantastic. So Zlata was started in 2016, I think. And mm -hmm. I believe you came up with the idea for Zlato after attending an R-Labs workshop, but mm. that also happened by accident, right? Because you were looking for something else. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do you yes. want to tell us about that? <laughs> yeah. So, so in 2014, look, I just matriculated in 2013 and 
I'll just say this. So I'm not the same guy I was, you know, all those years ago. Because if you admit me in the end of 2013, I would not be caring about this kind of stuff, to be honest. I'm like, look, I'm finished with school. I'm going to sit at home and I, I'm even going to become a rapper. You know, that's going to, that's my career goal. I, look, I'm going to rap. I don't care, like, if no one else is making it. If I don't know anyone, what the statistics are, I'm not a statistician. I just want to go and rap. So anyway, so now... I had this cousin and he told me, look, Alan, yo, there's a jazz cafe that's opening up in the area. And I go, that's amazing. I love jazz. I'm going to go through. Let me go experience some jazz. And we get there. And I mean, they were even, they were busy with the Valentine's Day show. So people are like performing and stuff <laughs> like, yo, this is amazing. I can't, yeah, yeah I'm signed up. And the guy like, do you want to register? They take me on a tour. I'm like, brilliant. Now nah, I love this, I love this spot, jazz cafe. And then I showed up the Monday and then it was like, okay, so where do you see yourself in five years? And like, what is next for you, man? Like, how do you overcome what you've been dealing with? Who are you really underneath? And I'm like, what kind of jazz is this, man? This is like the worst, <laughs> this is the worst jazz cafe. Aren't you supposed to be pouring out your heart to us in music? I must tell you all the stuff I've been through. And then, I mean, I slowly realized that, nah, this is not actually a jazz cafe. And that guy just misunderstood it was what's, what's known as a, as a youth cafe. And it's a place of learning. And they were just having this concert because it was Valentine's Day. And it was just so much misunderstanding. And then I was like, oh, but actually where do I see myself in five years? I don't actually have any plans. Well, I don't know the, the answers to the, the questions they're asking me. So maybe I need to hang out here for a bit. Let's see what they have to offer. And I remember there was one session in particular where this guy, um, I never forget, it's in class and, and he would always say, I, I can only speak of what I know. I cannot tell of what I don't. And I was like, that makes all the sense in the world. It's so simple, man. It's like, yeah, if I don't know anything, I can't contribute. And I can only speak about what I know. Super simple. But at that moment, I was like, yo, so like, what else don't I know, man? Like, I didn't know this place existed. I didn't know about Google Drive and like Gmail and that kind of stuff. Super simple stuff looking back. But at that moment, I was like, I don't know this stuff. I don't know how to send the email. I don't know how to you know, use the internet. I only use the internet to download movies. Like, I've never used it for anything other than that. Look, I don't do that anymore. I, I Fully legal viewing this time. Changed, man. <laughs> changed, man. Changed, man. Changed everything one time. <laughs> yeah, but, but that time, that's all it was about, man. It was just, yeah, the internet is not a real thing. And then, then I was like, well, I wonder what I can do. So they had a lot of courses at the youth cafe. And I figured, well, I got time. So I'm going to do every single course that they have on offer and just learn everything. And then it would be concepts like social innovation where they would explain to us, well, what are the problems in the community? So you can actually turn that problems into solutions. And I met this other guy who was one of the students and he, he started like an amazing business. Um, a lot of people are dying on the Cape Flats, Mitchell's playing gangs, violence, all that kind of stuff, which is, which is like super sad. I'm trying, but this guy was like, Oh, people are dying. You know what? I can sell crosses for graves. And I was like, whoa, that's interesting. It's like, yeah, no, because it's funerals every week because of like the gang shootings. And it's like, it's, it's much sadder than I'm, sorry, I have a bit of a, a smile on my face, but it's a bit, it's a lot sadder than that. But just looking back, this guy was like, yeah. yeah. So all I'm going to do is sell graves to uh, sell crosses for graves to the undertakers. And he did that. He would collect wood on his, on the way home from school or university, mm -hmm. wherever he was at the time, and then just make crosses and sell that to the churches every week. So now the guy's a whole business because, and again, it's sad, but people are dying. So that's his business. And it's like, that's a crazy thing. I can't do anything about this, but I can employ some people, get them off the streets and then yeah. run a business that supplies crosses. So that's crazy. And I mean, yeah, so, so then, so now I'm, you know, I'm in the program, I'm doing this thing and we were, and they were actually experimenting with something similar at the youth cafe at the time where it was, would people attend a workshop 
like just learning about you know, leadership and use and earn some type of points and then use that to pay for a course. Mm-hmm. And then I was a student at the time and at the time we could buy things like coffee and sandwiches with this, with this points. And I was like, well, this is, this is quite cool. And then it's like, yo, but we should actually do more than this. And so I'm speaking to all the staff and they'll tell you that I was probably like one of the most vocal people in this space where it's like, I hope this guy, they hope that I'm not going to be in the classman because I'm going to ask questions and participate <laughs> and just, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm like, really telling them, I didn't know this stuff. So I'm super excited. And they're like, yo, but Ellen's going to be here. He's going to ask us questions the whole time. And I go, and I speak to them and I'm like, yo, what do we, how do we do more about this thing, man? Let's try and get this thing out there and whatever. I got, I got, got the internship at Art Labs. And I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. I didn't care about working at the space. I was like, well, this is, if I stay here and I just learn, no one can touch my CV, man. That was my yeah. only goal. No one can touch my CV. And I remember uh, one of the defining moments were, so my family wasn't doing super well. Okay. Right. I mean, we were not at all. And then I was like, look, I might have to leave this youth cafe and go get a job. And then, yeah, just like do whatever. And I remember I got a job, an interview at, somewhere at one of the libraries and I was going to like pack books at the library and I go for this interview I'm like look I don't like I'm not passionate about this thing but I need we need money at home and I remember being in the interview and there was three other people with me and the interviewer goes yo Ellen I don't think this job is for you man are you sure you want to be here because your personality doesn't suit this you're not gonna be able to speak to anyone or anything and I'm like no but I can probably (laughs) just like read to the people he's like no you can't read to anyone I'm like no but I can talk to people he's like no there won't be any speaking at all (laughs) and I'm like like this guy's not selling this job to me, you know what I mean? And then, and he was like, yeah, but this job is definitely not for you. You passed the interview, you're doing well. I mean, the job is yours if you want it, but I don't think that you should come back. And then I went home and I was like, yo, flip, but I need money, man. Like, what am I going to do? I'm at the youth cafe, but I have like my family is struggling. And I speak to my parents and I mean, they are super supportive. They go, well, Ellen, I mean, if this is not something you want to do, then, then don't do it. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll figure things out and and go and we'll manage. And then I mean, then I got then I got a chance to be a, to continue this program at the youth cafe, and then they offered me an internship. And I didn't know that that was gonna happen. But then I, you know, I got a bit of a stipend from them. So then at least some of the the money thing was a bit taken care of me because I had yeah. gotten like you know at least a bit of money. But now I'm still like no, but we can do so much more with what you're doing here and whatever. And then I speak to the founder of of Art Labs, Marlon Parker. So I mean. Just we super cool now, but when I had met him was the day that we were supposed to do an assignment. And then I was like, I had not done my assignment. And then the first day that I meet him is me explaining, oh yeah, I didn't do my task. <laughs> yeah, that I was given. This other group, and they made like, you know, bags out of uh, they make like fashion bags out of black bags and, and recycled materials, and they were doing because they had really done social innovation. And me and my group was like, Yeah, we wanted to do recycling, but we couldn't get bins. So, so we don't have it. <laughs> I was like, this is the day I'm meeting Marlon. And that's like in 20, 2014, but I'm still pushing. And it's now like, it was in 2015, 2016. And I'm Marlon, and I'm like, yo, we need to do more with this thing. And Marlon comes to me. He's like, yeah, no, do you know what we should do? We can do, we can definitely do more. But um, then it has to become a businessman. And I'm like, yeah, no, nah, you know, definitely we should, we should do like, it should be a business. And Marlon goes, yeah, then you should run it. And I go, what? I'm like, I don't know anything <laughs> about business. No, he's like no, but you were, but you remember you were you were talking about yeah, you can, this thing should grow, and I'm and I believe that it should grow. But we need someone to like champion it and like improve it and work on yes, it and yes. you know sort of like own it. And I go yeah, but look, I don't know anything about business. I don't know anything about apps. I have no experience, you know. I and he's like no, that's fine. Then you can just learn. And it's like so if you speak to the and I'm like flip man, I don't know anything. I don't know. And he's yeah. like no, then yeah. take the time. 
And then from that point on, it was like, look, now I'm learning about investments. And I mean, me speaking to people, I'm like, look, I don't know what series A or series B. I don't know any of this stuff. And I just know that my people need to benefit. And then, and I, and I remember being at conferences because now I'm having to like do research and like learn and like read books. And they're like, oh, you should read the Lean Startup and years like zero to one. Look, I'm, yeah. I, don't, I don't read a lot of books, man. I'm not a book reader. And then I was like, yo, flip, but I have to read this book. And yeah, so now I'm reading and we're growing and now I'm in the incubation program. And I go, what's going on? Now I'm having to do like a, I'm sitting in some masterclass at the graduate school of business through this incubation program and you know, and I'm like, I don't know, but you know, I'm going to do what I must do. And then it, and then it just happened that we started like working on it and now we're starting to improve it. And we're rolling out and we're talking to users and we're getting feedback, et cetera. And now I'm suddenly spending the next year pitching and I'm at seed stars and I'm like a wild card entry. And I didn't even know what seed stars was. I'm like, I have no idea what's <laughs> going on. I got, I got a call one time and it was, it was so strange. I got a call. They were like, yeah, so there's a seed stars competition and we're busy with the finals, but someone said we should speak to you about what you're doing. I go, so did you want to like come down and pitch for the finals? And I go, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's fine. I can do that. It's okay. Because that was the attitude now that I've been having. Because yeah. I mean, I've spoken a lot to like Marlon Parker and he's, no matter what you ask him. So I'm like, yo, Marlon, I don't know what to do. I'm speaking to this guy and they're asking me about like investments and stuff. And his response would always be, so what do you think we should do? Yeah, then, yeah, then let's do that. And I keep making like good decisions and some bad decisions. But anyway, now I'm, now I'm having to go down. And I think it might've been the first time I'm flying on my own and we had to go and pitch at the Seed Stars competition in Joburg. And it was just like, uh, I will say it was super weird because I don't, I don't, I've never been a part of Seed Stars. I didn't know what this thing was before. I wasn't through a part, through of all the, I wasn't a part of any of the rounds before this. I'm just like there at the finals now having to pitch. And, and I remember I'm like, so I practice my pitch and I, I know what I'm going to say. And I walk in like an opening nine and I get to the stage and I start my pitch and I mean, the crowd is receiving it well and I'm trying to be funny. And it, the, the strangest thing happens. Some I explain that I'm from Mitchell's Plain. I like to. I want people to first understand context. So I always want people to know where I'm from, um, just so you understand why we're doing this lot of thing. And there's a guy in the crowd. I say, so I'm from the Cape Flats, Mitchell's Plain. And this guy goes, I wear my skin, like on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But but you know now having like worked on that and now we're suddenly rolling out and having to like get the team and like choosing who's gonna work with me and like branching out and like what's next and like trying to understand you know what is code and what is Python and working with my with my team and speaking to like lead developers and trying to speak business language and I'm sitting with all those meetings and like you see I've, and the problem that I have is I've got like a very Afrikaans surname so sometimes I'm, I always get phone calls and people are like try and talk to me in Afrikaans and I have to explain no I don't <laughs> sorry sir I can't do this I can help you and then. <laughs> It's, it's a lot of those weird situations yeah. um but i mean it's been it's been super crazy so now we're like having to do this all these impact challenges and, and trying to onboard a lot of users etc and i find myself in communities that i would not normally have been i mean i find that's lot of in the, a lot of the stereotypes that i had as well but but i mean just just on that and and i think it's such an important point because you know you you say you, you grew up in mutual's plane um and and i just want you to spend 30 seconds if someone said yep. to you what is it like growing up in mitchell's plane you've got 30 seconds and explain it 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's tough. It's not normal. It's a place where people are okay with with not having food, where you could sit without electricity just because we didn't buy anything. Where it like reaches like two units. I'm putting off the lights. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not gonna watch TV now because electricity has to keep the way we're trying to cook. It's a place where people have to make a lot of tough choices. Some people are having to choose between you know poverty and gang life. I mean, other people have to choose between impressing society, you know, and 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 maintaining that image. Yeah. If it means that you don't really have men, so there's a lot of those kind of pressures and people not just not knowing about a lot of things, not just not having like a laptop in the house, uh, just being on the internet and, and those kind of stuff. And I mean, look, there's definitely a lot of talent in Mutual Spain as well. I don't want it to just be all negative, right. but it's even harder for talented people to operate in a space like that because if you're in a, in a different kind of community and you talented, you you're a talented piano player, for example, you're a pianist, and they, and they'll just be like. Okay, you're a pianist. So leave this thing now and focus on school. Where in other community yeah. it might be that you you talented. Okay, let's get you playing somewhere. Let's get you on a stage or have people see you. So people people respond to talent differently in communities where people where people have been conditioned to believe that you can't achieve your dreams. So I think that might be the most difficult thing growing up in here. Com- completely, and and I mean that for me, the way you've just explained it now actually signifies like how significant your journey is and what you've managed to achieve. And and I'm going to ask you, you know, a few more things about that. But I've, to your point about, you know, um, breaking the stereotypes that, that you had um, and that probably also other people had about people that look like you and, and sound like yeah. you, you know, you, yeah. you've, I read somewhere where, where you had said that sometimes you just need a new perspective to change the yes. way that, that you think. So, you know, I, I wonder, like, as someone that grew up in Mitchell's Plain, within the space of a few years and, and the way that you've explained it now, mm. you go from this environment to suddenly you are on the international stage. You're traveling overseas mm. and you're presenting, you know, on Seed Stars or it's to the UN, to UNICEF, what mm. have you. Um, how jarring was that experience? I mean, well, was it jarring? What, you know, what was your kind of sense of that? Because I think as, as you say, like you, you grew up in this community where you don't really have a sense of like what's outside mm. and, and what's possible. And so you like already limited like that. So I don't know, like how, how did you, how did mm. you find that? What was, what was that like? I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. It's still something I'm getting used to now. Right. That's why I'll say like, because you, because you were reading out what we did at the beginning and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I don't, I look at the events as isolated. So I never go like, oh, we did this and this and that. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. And it's something I'm working. On. I don't take enough time to reflect on on like on the actual journey. I've I've, I've got actually one of my a mentor. Maybe I'll touch on that later. That sort of trying to help me get better at doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so so I remember the first time because everything everything is crazy, man. Going overseas is a thing that doesn't happen, man. Already, I don't know anyone. Or at that time, I didn't know anyone that yeah. went overseas. It was always people, oh, one day we'll do this. Oh, but it's too expensive. Yo, that's not for us. Or, or even, look, people would even say things like, that's not for our people. And I'm like, okay, that's probably not for our people. Gets out, he's, oh, it's expensive. Yo, how much does it cost to go there? And now my first flight is to Canada. And it's like paid by the MasterCard Foundation. And I'm going to see them. You know what I mean? So now it's like, oh, and I'm going with the founder of Art Labs. Oh, and I'm now in Toronto. Yeah. And I, and. And that's like that's crazy when you when you stop to think about it, man. And then I end up having to pitch Slato, and I accidentally pitched Slato to the CEO of the Mastercard Foundation. I didn't know who she was, and I was just like talking here, and I'm like, oh, okay, how would I know that? You know, I don't know, I don't know. I've never looked at like executives in companies or anything like that. I'm like, oh, I know Mastercards, like they're like, you no, know, that's bank stuff. That's yeah. all it was <laughs> at the time. Now suddenly, 
Yeah, I'm going. I explain to people. You know, you know that the thing you see on your card. So I'm going there to them, and that <laughs> and that is like already crazy. Yeah. And then then I'm like, well, flip. This is not. This is not real, man. This is not real. I'm here. You don't understand. I'm here at this place, man. This I'm looking at this building. This is the tallest building I've ever seen. It's cold. It's like winter here, and I'm having to wear a jacket. I've never been this cold in my life. Look where I am. Look how much. Look at this airplane. Look at this airplane food. And it's it's just it was just a lot of like crazy thoughts, man. I keep thinking, yo. I mean, every day now I'm having to do things that are impossible, man, to people, and people still don't. It's not. It's not something to believe. But then I go, okay. Yeah. But that's fine. I did this one thing, so now I'm back home. Okay, so I now made this one trip. Okay, I did what I was supposed to do, and now I'll basically settle into to the norm. Then it's like, okay, now I have to go to see. So now I must go to like Joburg by myself. I've never been to Joburg. I've never been on the airplane by myself. Don't know the city. Uh, so now I'm like, okay, now I must do that. And now, the, and now suddenly it's like. Seed source people want me to do this thing and speak here yeah, and do this. And now suddenly mm-hmm. people are reaching out and it's like, but they're like reaching out to me. But what, like, what did I do? I mean, I'm then like, I don't know how else to phrase it, but I'm in a normal bra. I'm then like sitting here at home. You know, I'm, I'm doing the same things that people are doing. So, yeah. so I still didn't make that click yet, man, to, to the point where I don't even speak to my family, to be honest, about what it is that I'm doing. Um, like, yeah, no, it was great. And we're doing this impact and whatever. So sometimes they might be, like a new story or something. And then I don't even tell them that people were, came to phone me. Then I'm like, oh yeah, no, because I'm open that, I'm secretly open that they don't see it, man, because it's it's still like, you know, it's a bit weird, man, yeah. for, for for me to make that connection with my family. Because look, now I'm just your cousin, bro. I'm just like, you know, I'm just your, your, your family. We're just friends and whatever. We don't have to do all that extra stuff, man. But, but every day I see us doing things that are crazy. But when you stop to think, like I noticed it, the artist, like you're saying, with the essentials campaign, I was like, yes. yo, this is crazy. We just fed like 100,000 people, man. We, like, we, we, we did that. We like yeah. provided you know, electricity to 100,000 people. People have their lights on. And I remember I was thinking, I was talking to my internet company, man. They were, they were like, oh, how's the internet or whatever? I'm like, you don't understand how thankful I am that there's been no no connection issues because if I stop working, that might mean that people don't get to eat, man. And I can't have that be because of internet. And I was like, that's how real it is, man. We we actually doing that. We actually see, we literally seeing people change their lives, and 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 oh, it's it's amazing, man. So even even for me, starting to realize that look, I'm now I'm talking to UNICEF. UNICEF is something I saw like on TV, man. Oh, look, I'm like I'm on Google searching for stuff, but yeah, I'm at Google now. This is Google stage. They're having a competition. It's it doesn't make any sense, man. Still, it's like this. This makes no sense. Or uh, like society would even say, like, how could someone from this community be able to do that kind of stuff? It, it, it doesn't make any sense, man. Even when you try to explain to someone else, and and then that's when I started to realize, look, you do it differently need a new perspective. Because now I'm starting to see that what what was strange for us, like let's say getting on an airplane was the craziest thing. Now it's like, okay, that's something that's possible. And that could be something. And I'm starting to see like other people that I'm working with, for example, Marlon Park again, he's always flying. He's flying like every month. He's going to a different place or like a different country. So for him, that's like a normal thing. For us, it's like, yo, you can't even do this. He's like, oh yeah, I just have to go. You, you're like, you'll speak to me like, yo, Ellen, sorry, man, I'll talk to you when I get back. I just have to go to Joburg quickly. And then when I come back, we can speak. It's like, this. that's how he's speaking about this thing, man. So so it's it's a normal thing. Like we have people coming through our space all the time. And it's like, yo, this person is from UNICEF. Do you understand what's going on? This is the United Nations here in the building. Crazy, crazy. It's just, yo. But but I mean it's 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 a perspective that I think people don't get because of the way that 
the world is and, and particularly the way that our circumstances are in, in, in those communities and I, I'm gonna make a generalization here but I think for a lot of people if that, that grow up in, in places like where you've grown up um, uh, and, and also on the Cape Flats and, and in townships and, and any other poor community in South Africa like the goal is just to create the means for yourself to get out yeah. of that space mm. but what's interesting about you know your your journey and, and your story and, and what Zlato is doing is that I, I'm really not getting the sense that that's what motivates you because you're mm. not moving out of the community you're saying I want to make a difference in this mm. community and what's so powerful for me is that you've mentioned it a couple of times already but you're giving people choice it's as simple mm. as saying they can choose what activities on this Lato platform they're passionate about. They can choose mm. what they want to spend at, you know, whatever retailer. Yeah. It's not a handout. And, mm. and I think by doing that, mm. like you, you actually, you're restoring people's dignity. Um, you're mm. giving them the power back. And, and I think that's such a powerful thing. So, I mean, do you think that that's, that that's fair? Is that kind of the, the purpose for you is, is you know, and, and often you're people speaking about purpose, like when they, they come on the show and um, guests uh, often ask them the question, you know, like, how do you plan like your milestones and your goals mm. in your career of like moving forward for, mm. for yourself and for your business? And I would put money on it that everyone so far has said it's because purpose, because of purpose, because their purpose mm. is to do a particular thing. And and so I just want to ask, you know, is is, is this your purpose, giving mm. dignity back to people, giving them the choice? Mm. Um, you know, empowering people. You see, doing this, it's exactly like you're saying, man. My my firm belief is that no one will move forward until everyone moves forward. Yeah. And I, and I don't believe like poverty is the issue, man, because a lot of people can be poor and be super happy. You know what I mean? But it's when you notice the gaps in income or you know poverty versus like you know the wealth, then you start to then you start to think, oh no, but they have and I don't. Let me take from this person because I can I need that more. I'm just a robber, I'm gonna commit crime, or I'm having to make all these choices. So um we can call it purpose, but I just definitely want people to not have to make those kind of choices, man. Right. So if like a gang leader is are recruiting if a gang leader is recruiting like a young a young man, for example, and he goes, Look, I'm gonna be able to buy you like techies. The guy can go, no, but I don't need this guy to do that for me because I'm going to get the job. I'm sorted. My family, I can provide, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just, if we can give people more options, man, that's, that's, look, that is my purpose. Just to give people the choice to choose whatever they want to do. And even if they choose to do nothing with it after the fact, man, but we've given them the choice. Right. No one can say that, oh, I wasn't sure because some people are, are forced into situations, man, like you, you, you didn't have a choice of what family you're born into. You didn't have a choice of your upbringing. You didn't have a choice. There's a lot of stuff you couldn't choose, man. But, and now you still technically don't have a choice because a lot of the choices are related to, to your income and your wealth. So even though there's an abundance of choice, there's no choice for you. You, you can't make that choice. Like, sure, it's nice. Yeah, I would definitely drive a Ferrari. I would choose to drive a Ferrari. You, don't, you can't buy you can't buy a Ferrari. Not a so choice. that's not the choice that you have. Yeah. It's not a real choice. But, we, but we're giving people the illusion of choice just so that they think like, no, but yeah, I chose to do this thing. You didn't. You chose from a subset of choices. So what we as Lato want to do is, at least in the in the phase of why people are learning or why they're trying to pursue their career or whatever, they have like true choice, man. I can choose to do anything I want. I can choose to go volunteer at the mechanic or go cut someone's grass or go paint someone's house or go teach someone to play soccer. I can do any of those things and Zlatan will reward me for it. 
whereas that's not the, that's not the way normal things work man so if you if you if you want to get a job the criteria yeah. is it you coming through and you're going to do admin you're coming through you're going to do this and do that you know you can't come to an employment place now i'm coming through looking i'm just going to do the recruitment for the company from now on thank you so much you you can't do that man there's no there's no place where you can really do that and let's say you you trying to and I, and i see this all the time and there's there's too much talented people who end up settling just and it's just because they they needed food or electricity or those kind of stuff so they're now stuck in the job that they really dislike and i mean when i speak even even to like my own family members people with my mom would often say she so much wanted to be like a social worker growing up man but they didn't have the means or whatever she couldn't go study further all that kind of stuff they had to do what they needed to do so how do we how do we have less people saying that 20 years from now Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to live in a situation where everyone is still saying the same thing that my parents and their parents are saying. Oh, you know the past. You know they've been through all that kind of stuff. And I'm not trying to sound apathetic. You know what I mean? I I truly believe everything happens. But you once you start to understand that, look, the government must play their part, corporates must play their part, all these people must play their part. But you yourself, what do I as Ellen decide to do? Because if because here's here's the thing, man. And and sorry for if I'm over if I'm over speaking, but it's just it's just when when you if you telling me you want to work, for example, man. So here's the thing that people don't understand. What time are you? Do you wake up in the morning, man? Are you still asleep at eleven o'clock? You in your pajamas? You like you in the road walking your pajamas? Someone could come knock at your door now and say, "I need to hire anyone that is dressed." And just the fact that you're not dressed means you don't get the job, man. But but you're like, oh no, there's no jobs for me, the government or whatever. But once you start to see that, look, I must actually, I can actually pursue my own opportunities. I will get up, man. Because I'm not getting up because my mom's telling me I'm getting up because yeah, I'm gonna go volunteer, I'm gonna go do this thing, and that that switch is makes all the difference, man. So now what? You don't need an alarm clock when you know where you need to be, man. You need an alarm clock because oh, I must now wake up at seven o'clock because if you're sleeping. As more important than what you need to do, but once once that switch is different, once you understand the you know the benefit or the impact you can create when you are awake, you don't need an alarm clock in my in my view. <laughs> so since this is a youth day episode, um, if there was one piece of advice that you've learned in your journey so far that you could give to a young person um, about how they can improve their lives or improve their community, what what would that piece of advice be? Number one, just start. Okay. Step one: start and start with what you have. Don't don't overplan. Don't overcommit. Don't don't do that stuff. Take it as much time as you need to plan, but don't take all the time. And your idea, you must actually act on your idea. That's I mean that's the first thing. Second thing is, it's okay, and this is something that I read. It's okay, you know, to not be okay, but don't become okay with not being okay. Which means like if things are not fine, it's fine. You can be like, yo, things are fine, and you can you can get over that. But don't let the same things be fine a year from now. Man. Don't let it be fine that you're in the same situation. That must you must never be okay with with um stagnation. And then this is something that that I personally believe. This is something that I live by. You need to be able to hear no up until you hear yes. And then that once if you can do that, you'll be good. Because what happens is people will hear, oh no, I can't do this, so then I'm not going to stop trying. Although maybe only stop at like ten. 10 yeses for example 10 noes maybe like ah, i'm done with this thing what if the 11th person was supposed to say yes if this is truly your dream and truly something you want to do how much how much times do you need to hear no man and is it going to be worth it so you need to be able to hear no up until you hear yes um yeah and then that's what it is man and and i will even say and this is going to be something that's controversial but like embrace your your stereotype man 
Look, I love the fact now that people assume that I'm a colored person for Mitchell's plane and they have stereotypes in their mind. You know, I love that. That's my favorite thing in the world because so this is this is a bar that you yourself have set. So no matter what I do, I surpass that bar, man. And when people get shocked that you surpass the bar, like everything else is like, yo, crazy. I didn't think this guy was going to do that. I didn't think he could do that either. And now there's like this, you know, to infinity and beyond of things that they didn't believe that you were able to do. Yeah. But if you go up trying to trying to distance yourself from from your your, your origin, so to say, you distance yourself from your community, then then why, man? Like, I mean, I'm not saying that you, you obviously I'm not using all the same slang when I'm speaking to people that I would in my in my area. There's, you, need to, you need to make the switch, man. But people need to understand that, look, I'm from Mitchell's Plain, I'm from the Cape Flats. So you, let me set the context. So the fact that I'm here is not just like, you know, my dad dropped me here or whatever. You don't understand how much buses and taxis I had to take to get to this spot, man. So yeah, maybe I'm I'm like two minutes late for the interview, but you know, you know where I'm coming from, etc. etc. So so that so that's my personal view. Like embrace your stereotype, understand who you are, understand what you've been through, but don't let it in there, man. Your job is to number one, embrace stereotype, but also surpass it, man. Show people when when you leave when you leave the conversation or you leave the meeting, whatever, they must think differently about your community and about you. That is your task. That is everyone's task. And that's it up on this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to right now. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please do share with others and leave a rating and review. This has been the Breaking Out Podcast and I've been your host, Jared Lazar. Until next time. If anyone listening wants to get involved with supporting Zlato or um, mm. even listening and wanting to use Zlato, uh, how do they reach mm. out? How do they do that? Where do they go to? Yeah. So, I mean, for, for anyone that's wanting to like come on board as like a vendor or like a partner or anything like that, on the Zlato platform, just partner at Zlato.co. So that's ZLTO.co. Um, yeah, just partner at Zlato.co. And then for anyone that's wanting to like register as a user, um, you can do that on like our Facebook pages. You can just check us out on Facebook, um, inbox people. Though someone will send you a link if you just chat to the team, if you just want to use it.